everybody welcome back to uh spook timber here on devour the podcast this is week two of me watching a horror movie a day and uh thanks very much to begin with for uh being so kind as to leave some feedback and some suggestions this week and for listening to the first episode and uh and and just kind of hanging out with me for a few minutes as we chat about what i've been watching in the lead up to uh october so uh spook timber uh, Mark two week two began with a movie called afflicted. All right. I'm Cliff Rose and I'm Derek Lee. And tomorrow we're going on a year long trip around the world. We're going to film the entire thing. And we're going to post it online as a travel blog. It's going to be epic. idea what's going on with Derek. Okay, I am at 16 kilometers an hour! But what he did should be impossible. Derek, how do you think this happened? I don't know. I need to find Audrey. It starts with her. Are you okay? I feel fine. is a film starring Derek Lee and Cliff Prouse, uh, who also wrote and directed the film. It's a found footage movie from 2013. Unfortunately, has not gotten a sequel, even though it, it certainly sets itself up for one. Um, but it's a found footage movie about a dude who has a, a brain aneurysm and decides that he is going to live life instead of going into the hospital and eventually just dying of his own accord and whatnot. And so he uh, he goes around the world with his buddy uh, Cliff, and during their uh, tour of the pleasures of Europe, uh, Derek is attacked 
by a woman in a hotel room and then begins to exhibit strange behavior, uh, by which I mean um, he starts to become a vampire. It's uh, one of my favorite found footage movies, actually. I, I really like the premise. There is something I like about movies, uh, something you'll hear me say a lot here on Devour the Podcast, about um, movies where people try to apply science to the supernatural. And this is a great example of that, where as Derek begins to show uh, you know, greater strength and speed and sensitivity to sunlight and that kind of thing, um, they try to you know, use the cameras to capture it, but as a way to document what's happening to him. And there's not a whole lot of question in the film, which I like, about, well, what could possibly be happening to him? You know, this movie exists in a world where vampires are a thing, even though they're, uh, in theory, fiction. And uh, there's a bit of a superhero origin story flair to this as well, which I, I kind of like. And, yeah, I, I think Afflicted is a really solid movie. And if you've never seen it, uh, I highly recommend it. I don't want to say too much more about it. I just want to point you to it. If you're okay with found footage films and are interested in a, a fairly interesting, uh, well-done uh, found footage movie, Afflicted, I think, is a great example of that. Okay, so let's, uh, you know, on our five-star uh, five scale, uh, one star being lowest, five star being highest, half stars allowed, not quarter stars, we're not monsters. Uh, Afflicted, I would give Afflicted a solid... Uh, I don't know. It's a four star movie for me. I really, uh, I really enjoy, um, afflicted quite a bit. I think it's a satisfying and fun movie. Hey, next up is uh, a movie called the neighbor, uh, from Marcus Dunstan and, uh, and Patrick Melton. I want to say I should look that up. Yeah. Patrick Melton. Uh, at any rate, so here's a, a listen to the trailer for the neighbor from 2016. and we're cool and we can get someplace nobody can find us stop being nosy babe what's he doing he's shooting rabbits was he like a tweaker or something no he's not a tweaker his aim's too good hey neighbor brought over a cup of cold yeah come on in it's good to meet you how you doing Rosie. We don't get too many women good looking as you around these parts. Rosie, you didn't happen to see uh, Rosie come by here in the last hour or so, did you? Pretty girls. Break your heart every time. All right, there you have it. Um, here's the interesting thing about The Neighbor, in my mind. It's, uh, of, of course, written by 
Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan and directed by Marcus Dunstan. These are the guys that I first, you know, became aware of thanks to that Project Greenlight show. They were the guys who wrote the original Feast as well as uh, the sequels. I believe they wrote all the sequels. At any rate, I uh, went on to, to write and uh, Marcus Dunstan also directed The Collector and The Collection. Uh, the Neighbor feels very much in line with those movies. It, it is the, the story of uh, uh, a guy, Josh Stewart, who is working for his dirtball uncle, who is a drug dealer. His girlfriend is Alex Esso from Starry Eyes. Uh, she's actually, I think, quite good in this. Um, they have a neighbor played by, uh, you know, country comedy, comedy's own uh, Bill Ingvall. The uh, here's your sign guy, and he plays the uh, the titular neighbor who is a little a little spooky, um, is, is probably up to no good. And sure enough, both uh, Josh Stewart and Alex Esso run afoul of the guy, and you know chaos ensues. And I gotta say, um, I did not particularly enjoy the neighbor in in many of the same re- ways that I don't enjoy Marcus Dunstan's other films i think that he's got a very definite color palette that just doesn't do much for me there is sort of a rob zombie light feel to his characters where they're all kind of shitheads to one degree or another and i don't really care for any of them um alex so is the character i come closest to caring about and that's mostly because i just like her as an actress and and seeing her reminds me of starry eyes which i think is a much better film um, so yeah, I, I just don't really care about the, the characters. And so I don't really care when they get into jeopardy and there is some of that. And you know, the, I won't spoil it if you want to watch it. Uh, it's one of those movies of, Hey, there's this guy next door who is up to some shady business and we get wrapped up in it. And there's an element of the strangers to it. There's an element of you know, sort of a, a torture porn esque film, although it never quite descends into that. Yeah. I just, I, I found the whole thing to be kind of flat and uninteresting in, in our five star scale. Uh, I would say that the neighbor is maybe a two star film and I don't think it's bottom of the barrel or anything. Uh, and Alex Esso again, makes me a little bit, more lenient with my grading on this one. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it's a very good movie. And, uh, yeah. So two stars for, uh, the neighbor, um, you know, check it out or don't, uh, I would say that there are much better films in this kind of genre, but if you like the collector and the collection, you might enjoy the neighbor far more than I did. Um, speaking of movies that I enjoy though, this ain't all uh, doom and gloom around here. The next movie I checked out for, uh, spook timber, is a movie that I like to call Pontypool because everybody calls it that. Uh, Pontypool uh, is based on a story called Pontypool Changes Everything by Tony Burgess. And uh, have a listen to the trailer. you are hearing is an actual radio broadcast. It is the only recording of the event. Roadblocks preventing people from leaving and entering the area. Everybody is under quarantine. 
Blood. We still do not have an official version of these events, and it's very difficult at this moment to get a fix on what has happened. Oh, God! These people are trying to eat their way inside. They cut into our signal. Ken? Their eyes. He's looking at me. For your safety... Please avoid contact with family members and restrain from the following. All terms of endearment for greater safety. Do not translate this message. Do not translate. Just listen to me. All right, so Pontypool is uh, is a film that is kind of a zombie movie, sort of. Uh, it, it certainly has the trappings of of a zombie film in that it is a movie about characters in a confined location who are besieged by people who may or may not be uh, crazy pants, and uh, it is anchored by a performance by Stephen McCaddy in the the lead. Uh, role as uh, as Grant Mazzy, a DJ who has come to this remote part of uh, of uh, I think it's uh, Ontario is where it's said uh, Canadian town, and has become the kind of the local morning DJ for Pontypool. He feels like he's a little bit too good for the job, but also he's clearly got some issues. Uh, probably a little bit of drinkering in his past. You know how it goes. When you're doing DJs in the morning, being being a morning drive time DJ, you got to have a little nip or two. But he's greeted right off the bat by this woman who approaches his car while it's still dark outside and, and is saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's not really sure what's going on with her. He knows that there's something going on with her for sure. Uh, but he ends up going to work where we have uh, Lisa Hool as Sydney, his producer and... Uh, Laurel, his uh, technical uh, girl, uh, lady, woman, and uh, played by Georgina Riley, as well as um, there's a a guy who is in uh, in theory in a weather chopper that he's talking to, and at any rate, they start to get reports in that uh, things are popping off. That there's a doctor in town who was recently in the news because he was over prescribing medication and may have been up to some funny business, and that people around his office are starting to riot. Well, that's a bit of a misdirection because it, it turns out that people everywhere are, are starting to riot a bit. And it's, uh, the, the thrust of the story without giving too much away is that something about the way people are talking seems to be to blame. And it is one of my favorite horror films. I think it, it, it combines some stuff. I really like, I like siege movies, uh, quite a bit. I like movies where characters are trapped in a location or trying to figure their way out of it. It also has that element of, Hey, there is something mysterious about this infection. There is something about it that is inexplicable and we can't quite figure out what's wrong. And once we do figure out what's wrong, it doesn't seem plausible, but yet it's happening. And uh, like I said, Stephen McCaddy holds the movie down. He his performance in it is absolutely terrific. There's a moment where when he starts to put 
together what he believes is going on. And he, he comes to the conclusion instead that he is being had and freaks out in a way that I find wonderful. It really gives uh, his producer the business and it, it's a wonderful scene. I just like everything about Pontypool. Uh, I like the uh, sort of low budget contain quality of it. Uh, I like the fact that it, it plays almost like um, the war of the world's radio show when Orson Welles freaked out most of America uh, who believed that we were being invaded by aliens. But in this case, it's not invaded by aliens. It's about people that you know and have known all your life suddenly going crazy and that craziness being somewhat infectious, uh, more so than a bite. You know, it, in, in a lot of ways, it kind of reinvents the idea of, of the spread of a zombie apocalypse uh, disease or infection or virus or whatever. I, I like all that stuff. Um, but yeah, Pontypool is, uh, I've never gotten around to, to reading the book, which is a real shame. And I, I feel like I'm falling down on the job. Uh, that seems like something I ought to listen to, but, uh, I, I can wholeheartedly recommend the movie. If you've never seen Pontypool, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy this movie. I watch it at least once a year these days and I, I find myself enjoying it probably more every time I see it. I, there's something about it that, uh, really respond to and and I, I like it a lot so in that uh, in that vein let's go ahead and rate her up i would say Pontypool is a four and a half star film um I, at some point in the past I, I feel like we've covered it on devour and i may have said it, it was four stars the more i watch it the more i like it it's a four and a half star movie my half star deduction here is is really because i can't tell if the end of the film somehow deflates it and some of the seriousness of the movie or if it makes it genius. And I, because I can't decide if it's genius or if it's a mistake, uh, I have to deduct half a point. If someone has some thoughts on the very end, I'm talking about the very, very last shot of Pontypool, like post-credits. All, all, speaking of superhero movies, like one of them things where after the credits roll, we get a little snippet of Grant Massey and, and Sydney, and, and I'm curious what uh what you guys have to say about that so anyway let's uh let's keep on trucking here the uh the next movie is recommended to us uh from uh from one of the listeners and that movie is memory of uh, a murder uh, available now on amazon prime so let's uh listen to the uh the trailer for that which i'm going to cut kind of short because it's it, it's not in english and that doesn't play as well uh in a podcast so at any rate, here's a little bit of a listen to it. Ah! 
casi sus lágrimas se ahogó. Fabiana. Fabiana, ¿qué te pasa? Ver sangre me hace mal. Pobrecita. Okay, quick correction. I called this movie Memory of Murder, uh, of a murder that is actually a different movie entirely. Uh, the movie is called Memory of the Dead and uh, is directed by Valentin Javier Dement. He has uh, done this film as well as a movie called The Owner and one called The Rotten Link, uh, which appears to be a, a kind of a horror film as well. Um, super low budget has uh, a bit of The Evil Dead in it, uh, essentially the premise uh, of the film, as described by the good folks at uh, IMDb, IMDb, is following the sudden death of her husband, Alicia, uh, assembles all his friends, uh, actually her friends, at a vast country manor for a reading of his final letter, which is uh, the letter from the husband. But Alicia also has other plans in mind, uh, and helping her uh, husband return from the grave with the spell that will put all the gathered guests in mortal danger. Um, scary, hysterical, impact with mind-boggling visuals. Memory of the Dead is the cinematic equivalent of a funhouse ride, uh, says Anonymous. Um, <laughs> so that is being very generous, I think, about Memory of the Dead. Memory of the Dead, uh, as, as the synopsis suggests, is a movie where uh, a lady uh, whose husband dies suddenly uh, assembles a bunch of people that he knew in life and says, hey, we're going to send them off. But it turns out instead that it is part of a ritual which involves all of the uh, the guests at the party uh, confronting uh, horrifying visions of their past in order to um, uh, fulfill the ritual that will bring back um, the the dead husband. Like I said, there there's uh, some kind of you know monsters outside sort of things uh, elements that do remind me a bit of the Evil Dead. It is. Um, it tries to use some of the, you know, that kind of inventive camera work and that sort of thing. I, I at the end of the day, I, I felt like it was a real, uh, kind of, kind of a snooze. It doesn't explain itself very well. Um, uh, in, in addition to being unclear about the goings on of the film, it is also very trite. Uh, there are things that you will see in this movie that you've seen, uh, you know, just a dozen times before in other movies and, and done far, far better. Uh, it lands with uh, a bit of a, a twist ending that I kind of didn't care about by that point. I just wanted the movie to be over, really. It, yeah, it's it's not it's not the worst movie I ever saw. Uh, it it does have some energy to it, uh, or it tries to. I just never felt like I was along for the ride with this one. It just felt like something that I was kind of trudging through to get to the end of it. And even then, I, I wasn't real pleased by it. Uh, I found the whole thing to be both confusing and dull in e equal measures. And by the end of it, I was glad it was over. So I'm going to give Memory of the Dead on our five-star scale. Uh, I'm only going to go like a star and a half on this one. I, it just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't didn't care for it much at all. No, sir. I don't like it. Not one bit. All right. So let's keep going, though. Another recommendation, uh, number five on our list for this week in Spooktember, 
is a movie called Lake Nowhere. Uh, this one uh, was was recommended, also available on the Amazon Prime. And uh, here's a here's a listen to that trailer. Welcome to Lake Nowhere. Something is watching you. Something is waiting for you. Something has a taste for death. So, uh, Late Nowhere is a very indie film uh, directed by uh, Christopher Phelps and Maxim Van Scoy and is de- uh, described thusly. From the vaults of the golden age of slasher films comes Lake Nowhere, a raucous, bloody romp which resurrects the thrill of gory midnight movies for an hour-long plunge into the depths of horror. Inspired by the dusty days of VHS, Lake Nowhere is preceded by original trailers and commercials, replicating the experience of watching a long-lost bootleg tape. When a group of friends arrive at a desolate lakeside cabin, they are stalked and murdered by a masked maniac whose lust for blood transcends our world. This age-old tale of senseless slaughter quickly spirals into the realm of supernatural horror and classic monster movies, as we learn the true power that lies within Lake Nowhere. Um, hey, so Lake Nowhere is only about an hour long, and if you uh, have the the Amazon Prime, let me tell you, uh, you should watch Lake Nowhere. Lake Nowhere is pretty rad. Um, it, as the synopsis suggests, there are a couple of trailers a la... Uh, the Grindhouse uh, double feature that Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did. Um, it does play very heavily into the idea that, hey, this is a videotape that you're watching. Uh, it has that kind of quality to the image. Um, obviously, it's affected at this point, but I think it works pretty well within the confines of, of this film, which doesn't overstay its welcome. The uh, the the trailers, the the fake trailers in front are pretty funny. And then the movie itself uh, begins, and I was worried that this was going to get pretty tired pretty quick, but speaking of Evil Dead, it is certainly borrowing from that movie as well as slasher films, and uh, I thought it was all really interesting. It, you know, Like I said, it, it, it's got um, uh, that VHS quality to it, but it also does a good job of capturing what makes some of those you know, early 80s VHS era horror films so much fun which is the camera work is great in the, in this movie, almost better than it ought to be. The direction is snappy. The performances are, are generally pretty good. Um, there's a, a zombie dude who shows his, his peen for no good reason. Uh, yeah. I, there's just a lot that I can say uh, positive about Lake nowhere. Um, it doesn't necessarily go too far into explaining itself. This is kind of the, the reverse of, uh, uh, memories of, of the dead in that it, it's not so obtuse. Like there's plenty of weird shit that happens in Lake nowhere, but also the weird shit seems to be thematically consistent within, uh, the events of Lake nowhere. So I ended up really digging it. I, I had a great time with it by the time it wrapped up. I got to say that I 
kind of wish there had been more of it. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm glad that it's as short as it is. It, it, it's a nice breezy watch. There's always something kind of weird and goofy happening. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I don't want to say too much about it because you ought to see it. And, and it gets all that stuff, right? Like the VHS quality of the image, it gets right. The, uh, the, the weirdo plot, the crazy goings on, all that stuff. Uh, it kind of nails and, and has, you know, some gratuitous nudity and, and gore and all that stuff that fits the time period that it's trying to capture and, and seems, you know, cool about doing it. Um, it, it really feels like the guys who directed this again, Christopher Phelps and Maxim Van Scoy, who have uh, done some TV. There's a, a show that they've done called cat planet where all the cats are aliens or something. And there's a, another short film that they worked on together. But yeah, at any rate, I, I, it, 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 I'm curious to see what they do. It, this is from 2014. I hope they do another, uh, feature length horror film that is maybe a little bit less stylistically, uh, rooted. Um, you know, I think that they did a, a fine job with this, but I'd like to see them tackle something maybe more modern or, or just do their own thing. You know, don't do a pastiche or an homage, but just do something, uh, in, independent and weird and cool. Um, so yeah, Lake Nowhere, if I'm going to put it on a, uh, a five-star scale, I don't want to go overboard with it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a, a reasonable three and a half stars, uh, which I hope implies that, yeah, you ought to check this out if you haven't seen it and it may not hit you the way it hit me. I, you know, this was sort of a lazy afternoon watch for me and it, it surprised me with how much I liked it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Lake Nowhere, check it out. Hey, um, you know, I can't go a full week without talking about animals, what what uh, what are going to eat people. So let's talk about Of Unknown Origin. Here's the trailer for that. It haunts our cities. It's here. In this house. Now. It wants them. And before they knew it was happening, it had already begun. What was that? How sounds? Jumping at shadows. Flinching at noises. Wondering what's real. All of it is real. Everything is going to be okay. If it doesn't scare you to death, it will find another way. Of unknown origin. Okay, so Of Unknown Origin is a movie from 1983 uh, directed by George Cosmatos, uh, who directed Tombstone, probably most famously, um, has actually did a, a, a bunch of work, like directed Rambo and Cobra and, you know, a bunch of them action movies uh, from the, the mid-80s. And Of Unknown Origin is a film uh, starring Peter Weller, 
Uh, here's the description. A man who recently completed rebuilding a townhouse becomes obsessed with a rat infestation until it becomes an interspecies duel. And the thing is, it's just one rat. It, it's man be rat. And it's based on a novel uh, by a guy named Chauncey Parker. Uh, the novel is called The Visitor. I, again, I haven't read it, but, uh, you know, I feel like it would probably be a pretty cool, uh, uh, a pretty cool novel. At any rate, Peter Weller, Buckaroo Bonsai himself, is uh, this guy who is dealing with a lot of pressures from work. And he's worried that his marriage has fallen apart because he clearly loves his son. But also the passion with his wife seems to be fading. Uh, his wife, played by, you know, 80s softcore erotica mainstay Shannon Tweed, um, who was a Playboy Playmate. And, you know, basically in any movie where uh, somebody was going to take their top off in, uh, you know, one of the movies from, say, 1983, Shannon Tweed was probably, if you if you had a box of five of them, Shannon Tweed's probably in two of them. Um so he he's married to Shannon Tweed. She and their son have gone away for a week. And in the course of that week, you know, as the, the synopsis suggests, a, uh, Peter Weller has bought this brownstone in New York, has renovated it himself. It is this beautiful home that he has created. And the movie is very much about, hey, you can craft this perfect life for yourself, you know, with this beautiful wife and you've got a kid and you're career is on track but what happens when raw nature when when untamed nature invades your home and you are stripped down like the facade of uh civilization is stripped away and it just becomes a battle of survival between peter weller and this rat and it, it's a really interesting movie it, it, it does a great job of showing Peter Weller's decaying state of mind throughout the film as it goes from, huh, I guess I do have a rat in the house. I need to get some traps and whatnot to no matter what happens, I got to fucking kill this rat. It's pretty great. I, I really enjoy of unknown origin, not just because it's a man V nature kind of film, which I enjoy those in general. Um, you know, it, it, the idea that we are somehow apart from nature uh, is, is always an illusion to me that, you know, we are always a half step away from being, uh, animals ourselves of regressing back into that state, that primitive state where it's survival, uh, and, and, you know, food and shelter and, and that's it. And this movie it deals with that in a way that has a fairly deft touch. You know, I mean, the, the theme is not hidden by any stretch, but, uh, it's handled pretty well, and that might be just due to the novel. Like, there's um, a bit of a, a, a situation with Peter Weller's secretary, where she represents this temptation of you know just this animal rutting. That yes, as his wife is out of town, is he going to be the kind of asshole that's going to have this affair? That he's not really passionate about this woman or anything, but you know, when uh, you know any port in a storm kind of kind of thing. Um, so there's a hint of that, you know, obviously with him remodeling this house and, and taking something from decay to, uh, order and then having it fall back into chaos again is, is kind of a, a fun subtext for the film. Uh, you know, it, it underscores the theme nicely. And Peter Weller is an interesting actor. You know, I, I don't always love Peter Weller and stuff, but I always find him interesting. You know, he's, he's sort of, <laughs> 
this undersells Peter Weller, uh, and I, and please understand, I, I'm damning sort of with faint praise here, but he's kind of the poor man's Jeff Goldblum in that he makes interesting choices, uh, both his performances and the films that he's in, and he's always interesting in them. I don't always enjoy him the same way that I can kind of enjoy Jeff Goldblum in anything, but I'm always fascinated by Peter Weller's performances. So yeah, uh, getting down to our let's uh, let's grade this thing of unknown origin. Uh, you know, some of the rat effects aren't great. Um, the the size of the rat seems to move around a little bit in the course of the film. That said, there are also these great creepy shots where you see the rats like wet feet uh, through a glass table, and it's just kind of gross. And uh, rats in general are pretty gnarly. There's a great scene where uh, uh, Peter Weller is describing rats in general and what they are, are uh, capable of and also what they are to blame for. And it, it's fantastic. So anyway, getting around to grading it. Um, yeah, this is also going to be a three and a half star film, but it's a more enthusiastic three and a half star uh, movie. I don't think all of it works, but I think it it is thematically satisfying in a way that a lot of animal attack movies aren't, even if it doesn't pull off all the animal attack stuff, uh, super well. Um, so yeah, if you've never seen of unknown origin and, uh, are interested in the idea of, Hey, what would happen if this guy went slowly crazy trying to kill a rat in his house, then this may be the movie for you. So, uh, check it out of unknown origin from 1983 directed by George Cosmatos. Okay, the last movie for week two of Spook Timber is upon us. And uh, and that film is uh, Annihilation, directed by Alex Garland, who had previously done the film uh, Ex Machina. This one uh, is also starring uh, Oscar Isaacs and uh, in a smaller role. And more notably, it stars uh, Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee and Tessa Thompson. Um, so yeah, here's the synopsis for Annihilation. A biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. Uh, and let's, uh, give the, give the trailer a quick listen here. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden, pining, looking up at the sky? <laughs> Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. Your husband's here. extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger. It's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. 
Check this out. It's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation. Anything interesting in there? No. Sharks have teeth like that. It's not possible. You can't crossbreed different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence? We have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. It's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. Okay, so, uh, you know, I really, really liked Ex Machina uh, quite a bit. I think it's one of the better uh, sci-fi movies of, uh, I don't know, geez, the you know past decade or more. Um, he also was uh, a writer on 28 Days Later. So, you know, the guy's been around a while. Um, Ex Machina, I think, was his directorial debut. debut? I don't know. I'll confirm that while we're chatting. But uh, Annihilation essentially, um, yes, it was his directorial debut. So Annihilation follows Natalie Portman's character, whose husband, uh, as played by Oscar Isaac, has gone uh, AWOL, has has been missing for about a year after going on some super secret mission. Then he shows up one night out of nowhere, talking all crazy. And yeah, he he ends up um, being kind of sick and kind of out of it. And... Natalie Portman gets involved with a, a group of ladies, uh, lady scientists who are going into this thing called the shimmer to determine, uh, both the cause of it and, and why everyone who gets sent into it, uh, tends to disappear and, and never return. Um, I don't want to say any more about the plot. Uh, that all happens within the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. And after that, things get kind of weird and trippy and, and fun. Um, I think Alex Garland is an incredibly interested, uh, interesting, talented guy. Uh, I think Annihilation is um, a great sci-fi horror film. There, there is without spoiling too much. There is some some pretty wicked body horror going on in Annihilation that I I really like. Um, it's it's exciting. It's philosophically interesting. I think what I like most about it is at the end of the day, the movie seems to be about the idea that sometimes change is dumb. And I don't mean dumb in the sense that it's, uh, it's negative. It's just that sometimes change just happens because change happens and dealing with that and, and understanding that, that change and, and life suddenly turning, uh, into something else isn't always malicious or, or, even benevolent sometimes it just is and what are the repercussions of that um it, yeah it's a really fascinating movie it's anchored by some great performances i've always liked jennifer jason lee she's great in this uh natalie portman is fine you know she's not a, an actress that i i tend to uh think is a great actress um i i think she's a very lovely lady and she's been in some great stuff but not since like beautiful girls have I thought, wow, that was an amazing performance from Natalie Bortman. Um, I'm trying to think who else has got, uh, some action in this. Um, 
Gina Rodriguez plays uh, Anya, who is sort of the soldier. There's uh, Tuba Novotny, who plays Cass. Uh, Tessa Thompson, I mentioned earlier, who you may remember from Thor Ragnarok. Um, she's great in it. Yeah, it's just this really cool bit of like sci-fi weirdness that also has enough horror elements that I can justify slimping it in on this list. And if you if you haven't seen Annihilation, I really do recommend it. it I think it's an interesting film. Uh, it's certainly one I don't think you're going to be bored watching and one that I would be curious to, to hear your thoughts on uh, as listeners of the show. And and let me know you know what, what you made of it. If, if you think I'm way off base when I say that the movie is ultimately about the idea that sometimes change happens, whether you want it to or not, and, and whether uh, that's good or bad. And, and sometimes it doesn't matter because change is inevitable. Um, so anyway, Annihilation, that, that kind of wraps up uh, film number seven for week two of Spooktember. I have uh, started work on uh, week three already of Spooktember. And, uh, and there's going to be, uh, some stinkers this time around. Oh yeah. I should probably rate this one, huh? Let me do a, a quick rating for, um, annihilation. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four stars. Okay, folks, that is going to do it for, uh, for week two of Spooktember. And, uh, thanks as always for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for dropping by facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash devour the podcast. You can leave me uh, recommendations there. I appreciate the ones I've gotten. I've enjoyed, even if I haven't enjoyed the movie, I've certainly enjoyed uh, getting your recommendations and, and thanks very much for recommending Lake nowhere. I thought that was uh, very cool. So uh, yeah, you know, if you have more uh, shoot them my way, you can also hit me up at bow at Legion podcasts.com. Uh, also while you're there, uh, check out patreon.com forward slash, uh, Legion podcasts where you can, uh, sign up. And by the time you're going to be listening to this, well, not quite by the time, uh, day after, um, our second commentary is available for people throwing us a couple of bones every month. So, uh, first one's already out. That's me and the guys from Friday the 13th talking about children of the corn. Uh, so yeah, if you uh, are enjoying what you're hearing, um, you know, we appreciate the help. Uh, you know, we do all this stuff independently. We pay for our own server and all that stuff. And, uh, and we, we like being, uh, independent minded and, and your, uh, kind donations and contributions would certainly help your patronage, if you will. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, you can also find me over on Twitter at Legion podcasts and, uh, check out our YouTube channel as well. We do, uh, that video, uh, every Monday night, as well as some, uh, some other stuff, uh, here and there about to launch into the top Legion Top 100 horror moments in uh, uh, Legion podcasts. Um, so, or from Legion podcasts, it's our our selected 100 scariest moments in movies. And uh, yeah, and hey, while we're at it, Legion, uh, while we're at it, Devour the Podcast will be back uh, the full episode um, towards the end of uh, September here where we're going to be talking about Berlin Syndrome and The Nun. Uh, just got back, as a matter of fact, from watching The Nun today. And, uh, yeah, that is going to be a, a conversation to have about, uh, that movie. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this, this series of weekly quick podcasts to let you know what I've been watching, what I've been thinking about, uh, what I've been watching. And, uh, now because I'm recording this on a, on a Wednesday, it is time for me to go check out the final episode of 
Castle Rock and the first episode of American Horror Story Apocalypse. And I'm sure we'll discuss that on the uh, the upcoming episode of uh, of Devour the Podcast as well. Uh, so until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Devour the Podcast. The Boogeyman is real.